And then when I would get to Canada, I would just say, you know what, forget everything we just talked about. <laughs> because we play it a little loose. Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof, now we're lowering the floor. The band is blistered, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Whiskey Topic. I'm Mark Bylock. And I'm Jamie Johnson. And uh, today we're kind of huddled in an office somewhere downtown Toronto, um, sharing a mic. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Jamie, you know, I feel like you've got cheated with fall this season. I did. Um, I, I feel like you and I are enemies. Normally, we're like, I'm your biggest fan, but like this time of year, uh, when it starts getting colder, and I'm, I'm like, I'm like the bugs. I get really annoyed at the cold temperature, and you're always like, "Yay, fall! It gets colder. We love it." Um, but now we're just in winter, so we were both miserable. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I think that's where we are right now. So I, I missed fall this year because I, I was traveling so much, and I ended up across Canada, where in some parts it was already winter, and then I came back, and then it turned into winter in Ontario. So. It's done. We're over. I'm in my parka. It's freezing. It, it's parka weather. It's it's literally negative eight yeah. degrees out there, which is like negative thirty Fahrenheit. I don't know. It I went from it. summer to October for a week, and then now it's January. So here we go. Um, so Jamie, what are we talking about this uh, this episode? It's oh, your gonna favorite. Be, it's going to be a different topic than last this week. Is, this is going to be very different. So Mark's uh, favorite spot in the entire world. We're talking about Diageo today. Diageo. We're yes. here at uh, the heart of Diageo within Toronto. Um, actually, I think we're at their PR company. <laughs> I don't know. We're, uh, <laughs> where are we? we? Where are we, guys? Can you, can you tell us where we are? Because let's start there. <laughs> uh, so I'll introduce the podcast. Um, so Stephen Wilson uh, is, uh, you're the Diageo. Diageo, you're the Crown Royal brand ambassador. I am, yeah, Mark. Uh, and first of all, it's a pleasure. Thank you, uh, thank you and Jamie both for, for having us on today and, and having a little bit of fun. You're right, winter has come to Ontario. Uh, it was a chilly walk over. We're at uh, North Strategic is where we would be today. I'll just confirm with Chris, who's smiling in the background. <laughs> uh, and they, they are um, the, uh, the PR agency for Diageo here in Ontario and throughout Canada. So they do a incredible work and uh, incredibly blessed to have them as part of our team and uh, especially here uh, in Toronto, yeah, uh, which is great. So we are huddled in their office, but they've provided us with pastries and coffee and tea. I think we're okay. So, so Stephen, I'm the, I'm the North American brand ambassador for Crown. I think that was your I was original say, question. Yeah. I started talking about 20 <laughs> other things. No, I'm the North American brand ambassador for Crown Royal. Um, and, and I always say for me, I like to think of myself as the liaison between uh, our team at our distillery in Gimli. Uh, and we have a team of about 75, 76 folks that, that work at our distillery. Um, our blenders, and we'll introduce one of our master blenders here in a second who's sitting across from us. Um, and then when I look at our, our marketing and our PR teams in, in both the US and Canada, I, I like to say that I'm kind of the liaison between all of those teams because my job is to work with those teams and then share that information and that love and that passion with all of the folks who are enjoying Crown Royal throughout North America and, and sometimes throughout the world, uh, depending on when, where the week and the, the schedule takes me. Yeah, because uh, also here is Mark uh, Belkinenda, uh, who is from Montreal. Uh, you uh, work with the Diageo team on Crown Royal products specifically as a master blender, is that correct? All right. Um, so you're used to what? Uh, well, actually, so Stephen, you, you're in Winnipeg all the time. Oh, sorry, you're in uh, Gimli all the time. I, I get up to Gimli quite often. So yeah, yeah this this is. But but I also am based in New York. So New York, we don't get quite as cold. But uh, I've been in Gimli when it's been negative twenty five, and it's it's chilly. But that's why that's why the magic happens up there. <laughs> you know, think think of all the magic that happens uh, when it comes to aging those beautiful whiskeys up there. I'll be up there next week. <laughs> well, um, we're, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Crown Royal Blender Select that's uh, been coming out. Jamie just said that it's, it's already selling out where people are buying two at a time uh, at the store. Uh, but we're also going to talk about how the whiskey world has changed over the years, how Canadian whiskey has changed specifically. So uh, that's kind of what our topics of conversation are going to be today. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. yeah. It's been uh, quite the year, quite the, the past actually couple months for Canadian whiskey. I think there's such a, a highlight on it right now. So... Uh, Thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's our pleasure. Our pleasure. Yeah, so let's uh, let's start with uh, let's start with Blender Select because uh, this is this is your new release for Ontario specifically. Uh, it's in the same bottle as the uh, Barrel Select uh, that that you release all over North America, pretty much. Um, tell us a little bit about this. All right, so Crown Royal Blender Select was uh, 
uh, it's a, a limited um, release for the for the Ontario market. It uh, came about in a, a partnership with the LCBO. Um, we met and they uh, they wanted to uh, discuss the the whiskies that go into Crown Royal. And so what we did is we. Um, we looked at the five five different whiskey types that we use when we blend Crown Royal, and uh, we, we looked at them uh, individually. And um, I think very quickly we, we came to an agreement that the coffee rye whiskey that that is uh, uh, a component in Crown Royal was the uh, the way to go with, mm-hmm. with this blend. Okay. Um, and it, it's it's a fairly simple blend as well. It's um, it's just really. Uh, Two age, two two products. There's a seven year old and nine year old, and they're just kind of uh, mixed in there at different ratios and kind of bring a different uh, flavor uh, uh, profile to the whiskey that's kind of unique. So nice. I, and this is, um, you know, Ontario's version of Barrel Select. Uh, like different, uh, like stores in the U.S. all the time, they'll ask for special bottlings of yeah. something that just for their consumers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a wonderful way to introduce whiskey to Ontarians in the same way, just uh, with Blender Select. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about uh, Crown Royal in general as, as to the new products you've been bringing up. Because I feel, first of all, guys, thank you for keeping Canadian whiskey relevant for the past, right. you know, hundreds of years mm-hmm. uh, and being such a big part of um, our exposure in the American market uh, and, and selling Crown Royal. Uh, but things have changed a great deal in the last four or five years, especially with Canadian whiskey. Um, how has Crown Royal been, been changing with what, how they perceive the consumer and what they're bringing out to the consumers? I think one of the biggest things, you know, in, in 2016, you know, when Jim Murray named Northern Harvest Rye uh, World Whiskey of the Year, that, that was a huge, huge win for not only Crown Royal, but for Canadian whiskey as a category. Uh, and, and if you talk to someone like Davin de Kergamo, I mean, Davin is one of the, the biggest proponents for, for Canadian whiskey, and I love that about him. But uh, him and I have had lengthy conversations about that because I think it made folks kind of step back and say, oh, we need to take another look at Canadian whiskey. Because when you, when you look at whiskey and you look at whiskey throughout the world, and I always say, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a whiskey lover first. Like, I'm a guy who just loves great whiskey. And I, I will travel anywhere and I will meet anyone. And I, I love just sharing great stories and, and learning about different whiskeys. And I've had the, the, the pleasure of being able to do that over the years in, in the roles that I've been in. But when we look at, you know, a Scotch whiskey, we, we know what that is. We know that there's five different styles and, and we have these clearly defined parameters. We know what a, a bourbon is, a Tennessee whiskey, an Irish whiskey. We, we, we kind of know these styles. But when we get to Canadian whiskey, I, I think sometimes... Um, Again, just as those who love whiskey, we, we kind of go, oh, well, what, what exactly, you know, what exactly is Canadian whiskey? And so when, when you get recognition from someone like Jim, who says, this is a really good whiskey. In fact, I'm going to name this World Whiskey of the Year. And then he went on to name it Canadian Whiskey of the Year uh, in 2017. And coming up in 2018, he's already announced that. It, it really does a lot for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets us excited because at the end of the day, we all love whiskey, and we love the whiskey we produce, and we get very excited about it, and we want to share it with folks. But Mark, you really have, and I'll just kind of throw it over to you, because mm-hmm. when we talk about, from a blending standpoint, you really have a really nice insight about Canadian whiskey and what kind of some of the parameters allow you to do as a blender. And you and I talk about that a lot, so. Right, right. Uh, I, I guess w- what I talk about is it's the... the um, the, the, re- the regulations and, and the standard identification for Canadian whiskey and how kind of um, simple and nice it is, I, I find. It, it doesn't lock you in to, to different components. Uh, in, in, you know, in, in the U.S., things are very defined out. Things are very um, um, regulated, let's say. Uh, in, in Canada, you can, you can do a few different things. You can mix different whiskeys together. I mean, you're, you're still calling it Canadian whiskey, but you're getting such, you can have such a range of flavors uh, in Canadian whiskey. You can have light, you can have heavy flavors. Um, and I think right now with Crown Royal, what we've been doing um, over the last few years is coming out with uh, a heavier flavor profile. We're still trying to maintain that smooth consistency that, that we see in our Crown Royal whiskeys, but we're just getting heavier flavors. Rye is an example of that. Um, the coffee rye, I think, is a prime example of that. It's because we're now we're not blending different whiskey types together. We're looking at a single component, sort of like a straight whiskey, and uh, and kind of capturing those flavors and showing those flavors off. Yeah, and tell us about a co- coffee rye because I don't think our, our listeners are maybe familiar with that term. It is typically more used in Japan necessarily. It's in the, right, the, yeah. right. The, the, the coffee rye. I mean, internally we call it coffee rye. Uh, really, it's just a um, a corn-based whiskey, so much like a bourbon mash bill. It's a uh, 
um, so it's majority corn. It's got uh, a heavy, heavy dose of uh, rye grain and a little barley malt. Mm-hmm. But we run it through our, uh, our coffee stills. Our coffee stills are simply just two-column stills. And we were actually in uh, Gimli last week, Stephen and I, and we got a chance to talk to some of the uh, distillery supervisors there and, and kind of go over the still itself and, and understand the flavor that comes out of those stills. So it's, a, it's as I said, it's simply two two-column stills. And what they do is they pull, they pull off at a specific uh, tray level on the still to get that kind of unique flavor profile that, that's in our coffee rye. So, so Northern Harvest Rye, uh, that was a blend of... Uh, what was that a blend of ultimately? Uh, it's our Gimli Gimli whiskeys. It's it's our different whiskey types we produce in Canada, yeah. right? But it's a majority of it. Ninety uh, percent of it is our uh, our our rye whiskey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's new oak or. Uh, it's it's a combination of yeah. new and used. Uh, uh, there's a good uh, heavier heavier influence on the new wood, mm-hmm. um, but there is uh, some of our seasoned wood that, that we use in it as well. Yeah. I mean, I think when talking about Canadian whiskey, that's a nice, nice benefit. You don't have to use new oak as you do in the States, uh, which means you can get those kind of lighter rye notes through on a, on a whiskey. And Northern mm-hmm. Harvest Rye is a great example of mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about your uh, single, like your barrel select selection? Because that, that came out a couple of years ago where, like, as Texas first got individual yeah. barrels. Um, that, that hit pretty big as well. Whiskey collectors were really uh, going for that as well. Yeah, the uh, the hand select uh, was actually originally uh, released uh, in Texas only, Texas, and then yeah. it uh, went national. I think the following year. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, it it was a it was a big hit. Um, uh, it's again our coffee rye, so it's it's almost a, it's a single barrel type uh, type product. So it uh, it's all aged in. We talked about wood, so it's all aged in new oak, new oak barrels. Um, so it it was uh, it it generated a lot of interest around around. The coffee rye, uh, and I think that's how we landed here today in Canada with uh, with, with the uh, Blender Select. Texas is huge for Canadian whiskey. What what is that? <laughs> where, where does that come there from? Are, uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> I, I I always make the joke, and and there's probably things I can say and can't say, of course. Uh, but there are, I think plenty of folks who actually think Crown Royal is made in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Texas, I mean, really, when, when you look at the, the love for a particular whiskey, mm-hmm. Texas, uh, A, uh, and, and congrats to the, the Houston team, Houston Astros, Houston Astros. for uh, the World Series win. That's a pretty big deal. Pretty, pretty big, big for the city of Houston. Houston yeah. needed that right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is so much love in Texas for Crown Royal. And I, I get to spend a lot of time in Texas, and it doesn't matter what city I'm in. Uh, folks just love to talk about Crown Royal, and they take a lot of pride uh, when it comes to Crown Royal. But uh, I think a lot of it, when you kind of just go back in, into the history, it, it makes sense. Folks did make their way from, from Canada to work down in the oil fields in Texas. And so there's a lot of kind of history that we can trace back. And it makes sense. You know, any time a group travels somewhere, you, you do take things from home. And when you have this beautiful whiskey that reminds you of home, uh, it, makes, it makes perfect sense. Um, but I, I tell you, I, I host a lot of seminars throughout the U.S. And I always have a blast uh, when we're in Texas hosting a, a Crown Royal event. Uh, because there is just so much love. So much love for Crown. We, so that's a great uh, lead. Uh, as far as seminars go, like what what is the Crown Royal kind of fan in the U.S.? What's what's the how would you? I almost it's it's funny. We were um, I talk about this sometimes when we look at uh, a whiskey like uh, Crown Royal Apple, you know, because when you look at what we've done in the last couple of years, we've we've released some flavored whiskeys, our, our Crown Apple or Crown Vanilla, which have had huge successes. And then on the other side, we've had the hand-selected barrel. We've had the Northern Harvest Rye. Uh, we've had our Noble series. Uh, we've had whiskeys that, like we're doing today with Blender Select here in Ontario. And so when you look at Crown Royal, when you look at adults who want to learn about whiskey and enjoy whiskey, there's, there's I think, a little something for every palate. And the thing with Crown Royal, I think it's hard sometimes to step back and say, well, well who is the Crown Royal consumer? Who's the folk, who, who are the folks that enjoy Crown Royal? Because it's really a multitude of folks. Uh, I've always said, you know, I, I've been out at the infield at, at Talladega Speedway, uh, enjoying Crown Royal with NASCAR fans. I've been in a suite uh, at, a, at a Dallas Cowboys game, uh, enjoying Crown Royal with uh, football fans. Um, I've hosted events uh, that are all women, all men, different demographics, different economical backgrounds. It's there, There's no, um, it, it, for me anyway, I and mean, what I do, I think it's hard for me to say, well, well, this is the Crown Royal drinker, because to me, uh, anyone who enjoys great whiskey, I think will certainly, if they don't already, enjoy Crown Royal. 
And so it's a lot of fun to, to be able to do different seminars and different events and um, just with the different whiskey festivals throughout the U.S. and throughout Canada now where we're seeing a lot of folks thinking outside of the box and bringing in uh, folks who maybe wouldn't have come to a whiskey tasting four or five years ago. And uh, it's a lot of fun. And it's especially when you get to introduce someone to Crown Royal for the first time or when you get to reintroduce someone to Crown Royal. And something we can talk about that, that Mark was just talking about is the complexity of these whiskeys, uh, which is what fascinates me, the science and, and the art that goes into making them. A lot of folks have been enjoying Crown Royal for many, many, many years. And then when you start talking about the blend and the different parts of the blend, you just see them have that, oh, wow, kind of moment um, that we all get to have on a regular basis when we're at the distillery or when we're working on the blending, of course. So that, that sort of begs the question for me, you know, having uh, such a, uh, a huge um, uh, and recognizable um, sort of brand, uh, do you ever, does that ever work sort of against you where people sort of dismiss Crown Royal? I, you know, I've, I, I've had that before. I had it, you know, my grandfather's, you know, um, whiskey closet and, and I'm not interested. And, and do you ever run into that sort of uh, the reputation precedes it as this sort of, um, oh, I've, I've been there, I've done that, and, and when in fact you guys, you know, are so much more than, than just the, the one bottle that, you know, might have been sitting on, on someone's parents' um, cabinet for a very long time. I think there's, there's always a challenge, you know, especially when you look at the world of whiskey. Uh, whiskey is changing. There's, there's tons of micro distilleries popping up. There's tons of new brands. Um, folks are really, you know... Whiskey's seeing that bit of a, a resurgence. Folks are really discovering whiskey in so many different ways. And, and when you have a, a brand like Crown Royal that, that's been there since 1939, that's an iconic brand mm -hmm. at this point, you know, how do you stay relevant? What do you do to, to remind folks of, hey, there's a reason we've been around this long? And, and a prime example recently, I, I was hosting an event for some folks, and I said, look, you know, I, I know most of us have had Crown Royal in this room, but let's, let's take our hats off for a minute, pretend like we've never had it. Let's, let's, let's explore Crown Royal Deluxe. Like it's the first time we've ever seen this whiskey. Let's talk about how it's blended. Let's taste it. And we did that. And uh, one of the gentlemen came up to me afterwards and, and, and he works for, for a couple of different uh, bar restaurants. And he said, you know, uh, Crown Royal has been behind the bar for years. He said, but honestly, sometimes it's been there so long that I, I forget. He said, but you know what? When I go to work tonight, I'm going to start thinking about what else can I do with Crown Royal? He said, because tasting it with you today and just kind of re you know being reintroduced to an old friend basically um he's like what what a fantastic experience so you know it's up to us to do that you know um i, I would say anybody who enjoys crown royal you are uh i i make you an ambassador for the brand you know? <laughs> share share the whiskey and and share what you love about it and yeah reintroduce uh, someone or introduce a new friend to the whiskey and then that's how you you stay relevant and Obviously, as we release new new whiskeys, um, again, you know, we're gonna look at some flavored whiskeys. That's very popular, and we do flavored whiskeys very, very well. I'm very, very proud of the flavored whiskeys that, that we've released. And then on the other side, we have like the whiskey whiskeys. You know, we have the the, the Noble series and the the Blender Select and our hand selected barrel and our rye. Um, and it, it's just again, it's it's a very exciting time to to be part of the whiskey industry and be part of Crown Royal. Yeah, I mean, if you look at um, some of uh, your your XO release, uh, which is, I believe, what's an annual release, or just the Noble series? Yeah, the Noble series. The Noble yeah. series. Yeah. Um, you're you're really moving through demographics because you you had the the older Crown Royal drinker that's been wanting kind of that special bottle of Crown Royal that they would buy, but now you're also attracting the younger whiskey drinker that wants to get back, uh, wants to get another special expression of Crown Royal. Is that kind of you know you're you're moving towards that more rye heavy profile, as you guys were saying? Yeah, I think that it's always a, a, a and, and Mark can speak to this as well. For us, I think it's always a, it's a it's a delicate dance because mm -hmm. those who have been enjoying Crown Royal, we we want to we want you to continue to enjoy Crown Royal. So we don't want to reinvent the wheel because we want to make sure that you have that whiskey that that you've always loved and that you enjoy and that we're kind of staying within what that Crown Royal style is all about. And then on the other side of that, we are looking at well, what are different whiskeys? You know, the, again, because of Canadian whiskey and because of blending the possibilities are endless. Um, and, and what you see here with the Blender Select, that's one of, of many, many experiments that, that Mark and, and the team could be working on to, to come up and to figure out what the next Crown Royal whiskey will be. So it's the idea is to, you know, uh, the, the four of us have been enjoying Crown. We want to keep enjoying Crown. But uh, Chris, who's over here behind me and not on the podcast, but just kind of <laughs> 
just smiling in the background. <laughs> Maybe we want to create something for Chris, though. Maybe yeah. we want to create something for him to be able to to then become part of that Crown Royal family. So it's, you know, how do, how do you, uh, what's that dance like, you know? And it's, it's a lot of fun. All right, so well, let's enjoy some Crown Royal. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go. <laughs> let's there. enjoy exactly. some right now. Jamie's always like, it's yeah, I'll time ha- to I'll hand them out. I'll hand them out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm curious about the, the process around um, blending uh, and, and what, what the process is there and, and how something like this would come about. Sorry, I'm not talking to the microphone because Mark and I are sharing it. <laughs> but, you were getting, but you were getting very excited about the process, and that, was, that, that, that made our day. <laughs> so... Uh, the, the blending aspect um, is, uh, it's, it's obviously very detailed, right? So we, we go into our inventory. So we, we've, we've kind of, uh, at this point, decided where we want to go from a profile. We want our, our coffee rye. So we go in there and we kind of look at our inventories and see, see what's all in there. We, got, uh, we use our, uh, our, uh, our inventory system to kind of throw out everything that's, at, that's available to us. So, and then we kind of just start from a blending perspective, start breaking it down. We, we look at the ages. Um, obviously, we have to look at the number of barrels there, but then we have to take into consideration the olive or the angel shares, everyone says. So we have to kind of break all that down to see how we can use the whiskeys. Um, so it's always nice to have a target in terms of case volumes where, where you want to hit. Um, for this blender uh, select, we, we're at 5,000 cases, so it's not a huge volume, but it's a nice volume to have. Um, and, and so, so it allowed us to kind of look at our whiskeys and say, okay, I, I, you know, I have these sort of different whiskeys, these different sort of flavor profiles in the coffee rye, and I can just simply kind of then say, okay, what's my usage? And then I can start kind of, you know, looking at them individually, and then I can start blending them together and see how they kind of come together. Um, and you mentioned so this earlier. Um, most, you know, Canadian whiskey, the the, most distilleries will say, well, we make our rye separately, then our corn separately, our wheat separately if we have wheat. But you do use a mash bill that's rye and corn and ferment more of a, like a traditional bourbon would be in, in that respect. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Um, is it true? Can either of you answer? Um, apparently that was uh, in the 1900s. That was like a copyright. Like you guys had a copyright or, or Crown Royal had a copyright to that process and nobody else could use. I, I've heard this once. That nobody else could use uh, a multi-grain fermentation in Canada because Crown Royal had the, the the rights to it essentially, and everybody else was like, "Well, screw this. We'll just do things separately," and that's how the industry split up. Apparently, a live update for you as I edit this podcast. So this is not true. I did hear it once, but uh, Devin says uh, he's never uh, seen any evidence of that. Uh, we did check with him. This is a question for Devin. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, there, I saw that happen. Like there, Mark there, was like, as soon as it came out of his mouth, he was like, you, that. you can see Mark and I just looking at each other going, um, um, you know, I, there's there's a gentleman and we could call him. His yeah. name is Devin DeKirkamo. <laughs> Let's get him on speakerphone. Uh, and if anybody knows the answer to that. You, you know, but the thing that, that fascinates me, I, and, and we're going to taste the Splendor Select, so I'll be very quick because I get very excited and then I just start chatting. The thing that fascinates me about Crown Royal is the fact that at the distillery, we produce five individual distillates, which will then, after three years, become proper whiskeys, of course. You know, two are corn-based, and they kind of form the foundation of our blends. Mm -hmm. Two different distillation techniques. One's going to give us a very light, very clean spirit. One's going to give us kind of that creaminess that we expect from Crown Royal, so like that juicy fruit, butterscotch kind of creaminess. And then we're going to produce a a bourbon-style you know, which is about a two-thirds corn, one-third rye, what we would mm-hmm. think of as a high rye, maybe bourbon in the U.S. We're going to produce a rye that's, you know, 95% rye, 5% barley. And then we'll produce uh, the coffee rye using that, that traditional, you know, bourbon mash bill, if you will. And then when you start thinking about wood and you think about the new wood and old wood, and, and the great thing about it is we bring in new barrels to the distillery. So, you know, our flavoring whiskeys, our bourbon style, our rye, our coffee rye, Coffee rye always goes in new wood. The bourbon and, and the rye primarily go in new wood. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we'll take those. Once we dump those, we're going to refill those with some of those batch whiskeys, those base whiskeys. We'll put maybe a little bourbon rye in those, depending. All of our barrels have always been seasoned with some Crown Royal component. So I think it's kind of cool when you start tracing, like, a, I guess, the, uh, the barrel pedigree right. or the heritage, however you want to say it, to say, oh, well, that had this in it, and then it had this, and then it had rye to start, and now it gives this flavor. And it gives Mark this just endless possibilities on, on, on what to do and what to blend. Um, but I do want to get to, if you get the answer to that question about the early 1900s, and Davin, I know you're probably listening at some point, so I expect to see an email from you. But let's, Mark, let's walk taste. us through a tasting. All right. Yes. Yeah. All right. 
So our, our Blender Select, as you said, is our, our coffee or our whiskey, right? It's um, at 45% alcohol. Um, so we might as well just kind of yeah. get into it. That's a recognizable nose right there. Yeah, and that's what um, we were getting uh, at the tasting we did last night was that everyone was kind of like right away oh, yeah. noticing the difference that, that, that it presented. The uh, So... So we talk about uh, having creamy flavors in here. We talk about, uh, Stephen mentioned butterscotch before, but uh, we talk about vanilla. We talk about having a, a rich, uh, fruity kind of, uh, uh, like banana, let's say, is, is a character that is, is often called out. And then um, there's an older component of the coffee rye in here, and I think that brings a nice little kind of oaky kind of uh, toasted kind of to it. Yeah. That, that the butterscotch just comes through so wonderfully. Yeah. Um, it does remind me of the uh, the the barrel select program as well, and that yeah, so much butterscotch just comes yeah. through beautifully. Yeah, um, yeah it's really a, and I, I like the uh, yeah the the oaky nice finish is really great. Forty five is great. Yeah, I yeah. think that's really good. There's like a biscuitiness to it as well, like like a cookie because mm. it's kind of like creamy, but and and that buttery. and that buttery yeah, yeah. very buttery. Yeah, it's very buttery. <laughs> This, this particular, the coffee rye distillate uh, at the distillery is one of my favorite distillates because it has a very chocolatey banana, right? You know, it's, it's essentially a double distillation using the coffee still. And, and again, a coffee still named after Aeneas Coffee uh, has nothing to do nothing with Tim Forhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do like, uh, what is it? I like my chai tea with two honeys. So that's my shout out to Tim Horses there. Please, that's please mandatory. Send me chai tea, two honeys. So I can just get a gift card out of that. That'd be great. Um, but no, it, it really is. It's. I remember the first time I, I you know, nosed and, and had a chance to sample the distillate off that still. And I, I just, I fell in love with it because it's so incredible. And when you, when you look at it from a blending standpoint, and Mark can speak to this, of course, it's such a lovely and powerful whiskey that we don't have to use, but so much of it. We use it very, very, mm-hmm. um, we're very mindful of how we use it in right. the blends. You know, I, I often say, you know, if you're a baker, it's like the vanilla extract of, uh, of Crown Royal yeah. because we don't need a lot, a lot goes a long ways. However, unlike vanilla extract, it's quite lovely on its own. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't had vanilla extract in a while, try some, trust me, you'll, <laughs> you'll remember that. But this is absolutely quite lovely on its own. And with the success of our hand-selected barrel program uh, in the U.S., it's been nice being able to introduce folks to the coffee rye and then for Mark to have the opportunity to work with the LCBO here in Ontario and create a blend using the coffee rye. Um, It's great because it's just getting more and more folks uh, aware of like kind of these incredible components that make up the Crown Royal Whiskey that we've loved for so many years. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we talked a little bit before the podcast about how whiskey events have changed and how, um, you know, we're, uh, we're expanding uh, an audience with whiskey events. Um, you know, um, Stephen, you do a lot of whiskey events. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, that's what we were talking about. You know, in, in the U.S. and I know throughout Canada, there, there's, there's the whiskey events that have been there a long time and that, that everyone participates in, all the big brands participate in, and they're fantastic. You know, the seminars are always great. They attract all the, the national brand ambassadors, and, and there's just some incredible, incredibly passionate people um, that attend those. I, I love attending them because I see the same people year in and year out, and we pick up on a conversation that maybe we left off on the year before, um, especially when there's a new release or we're sharing something new. Those are the times you want to go. And then who's doing what? Who's doing? And it's not just the folks who attend. It's, it's all of the folks who were there. Um, I remember when, when we found out uh, that... Jim Murray had named Northern Harvest Rye World Whiskey of the Year. Um, in fact, I was doing an event in St. Louis that I'll, that I'll be heading to uh, next week. And it was the night before we found out, and the next day at the festival, everybody there, not just the folks attending, came over to, to talk to us. And, and it was really supportive, because the industry is, we're, we're all support each other. Mm-hmm. Because again, we all love great whiskey. And uh, I know sometimes outside of the industry, everybody thinks that but it's but it's not there's a lot of love and there's a lot of uh, I've sat on panels over the years with other distillers and other ambassadors and we've just had a blast talking about the differences and and having a bit of fun with each other Um, but the thing that's that's cool I see in the US and I know we're seeing a little of this here in Canada as well is that the traditional whiskey fest kind of um, structure is changing so you're you're seeing whiskey festivals popping up in, in smaller towns, uh, smaller cities are kind of doing their thing and they're making it their own. Um, there's a, an event right now called Whiskey X that's uh, been happening in the U.S. They did one in Brooklyn this year. They did one in Denver, I think, in 
2018, they have plans to roll out five or seven cities, uh, something like that. But they're combining live music and, and food trucks and whiskey. And, you know, I just did an event in Denver where we partnered with a local uh, soda company called Rocky Mountain Soda. And we did uh, cocktails with uh, root beer and Crown Royal vanilla. And we couldn't pour them fast enough. I mean, <laughs> folks, folks love it. But again, it was just an idea. It was just, just to have some fun. Now, at the same time, we also had, you know, XR and we had other, other variants of Crown Royal. And we had our Crown Royal throne so folks could take photos. And, <laughs> but it's just, you know, kind of reinventing what the Whiskey Fest is all about. Um, people are still learning. They're having a great time. They're, they're becoming familiar with a brand that maybe they don't know. And I think the, the more and more folks just want to say, hey, I have an idea for, for this. Let's try this. Uh, I have an event next week in New York where the focus is really on punch. A lot of the brands will be doing different punches for the holidays. Um, and again, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. When you have great whiskey, it's meant to be enjoyed a multitude of different ways. Mm -hmm. And uh, why not have a little bit of fun with it? So, yeah, that, that's right. This this is the uh, one year anniversary of Northern Harvest Rye winning the the, the best whiskey in the world in Jim Murray's book. Um, two year anniversary, I guess. Two year two anniversary. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, I remember I was going to the uh, New Brunswick Spirit Festival. Okay. On the on the Thursday, on the Wednesday Thursday, yeah. uh, Jamie's laughing because I may have missed my flight. Anyway, he was done with me. Jamie, you're bad, bad. Yeah. Oh man, but good times. Um, I got there got an there. hour later than intended. Um, but the um, but it was it was this time of year, and I'll I'll give you uh, I'll, I'll give you kind of our I guess kind of a whiskey enthusiast impression, kind of what. what we went through that that period of time because this is a Canadian experience. This is we we all went through this together in different ways, uh, and you, we can compare it to how it was back at the office. Um, so, uh, I remember the announcement went out. I think it was Wednesday night or Thursday. I guess it was Wednesday night. Um, I remember uh, a friend of ours, uh, was Glenford Jameson, went to the store immediately and bought. I think he bought like twenty four bottles of it the next day. Um, I'll just say thank you in advance. <laughs> <laughs> well, Glenn, Glenn's very practical. He's like, I'm a lawyer. I've got clients. Um, this will make a great gift idea yeah, around the holidays, and it'll probably sell out. And he was right. I mean, so on the Thursday, there was lots in Toronto. By Friday, there was almost nothing in Toronto. In fact, you'd have to drive, like, you know, to Markham or, like, an hour outside of Toronto to get bottles. And then by the Saturday, you'd have to drive to Niagara-on-the-Lake or Barrie, like, an hour and a half, two and a half hours to drive. By Sunday, uh, it was, like, Windsor, Sudbury. You'd have to drive six. It was almost like an, it was like an earthquake. And it was epicenter was Toronto. And then just all these Crown Royal Northern Harvest Rye balls just disappeared. Um, I was at the festival, people were just over the moon about it. Um, it was a very exciting period of time, and it was very interesting because I feel like, you know, Jamie and I talk about this all the time, as Canadians, we're very, we tend to be a little more critical about ourselves as well. Um, and, you know, we were like, well, but is that really the best one even out of Crown Royal? Because, I mean, the barrel selects was, was that, we were so excited about that, and then having, like, uh, a Northern Harvest Rye came out, and it was just a really, at the like you said, the Whiskey Festival, everybody just loved it and drank it and uh, became aware of, of a product they probably didn't know about I, I didn't know about it a week before in fact I think a lot of us thought it was the apple flavored one originally because the, the, the green was very similar so it literally would have been a bottle you would walk by you would see the little bit of green you would assume it's the flavored uh, whiskey and you would continue walking and you know none of us really had an awareness of Northern Harvest Ride at that point until that very moment and then everybody knew about it um, how was it on like how, how was it on your side well I mean we were equally as excited. I, I think it was like a Wednesday night late that, that, that the news came in. I mean, the emails just started and the phone calls started. And it, and it was a huge deal because, you know, we, we had just launched Rye. We were really proud of Rye. We loved what Rye, you know, for, for me, I loved sharing Rye with folks because, again, you know, our, our Rye whiskey that we produce in Gimli is absolutely incredible. But to be able to take that and, and create a blend and put that in the capable hands of, of Mark and Joanna Scandella, our other master blender, and our team uh, at LaSalle, or though you've moved now, so you're not at LaSalle anymore, but at the time you were at LaSalle. Correct. Um, just down the road now. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just incredible to see what, what they were able to do, yeah. what they were able to create. So we knew we had a great whiskey. You know, anytime we put Crown Royal on a bottle of whiskey, we know we have a great whiskey. We're, we love what we do and we're confident. But then to have someone like Jim say, you know, out of all these whiskeys that I've tried, out of all the whiskeys that I've written about, I'm, I'm naming this World Whiskey of the Year. I mean, again, just we were full of gratitude. Yeah. We, we were, you know, really just like, wow, thank you. This, this is awesome. 
now what what can we do with this and um and it was great to see you know i loved getting the emails from folks here in canada man i'm, I'm having to drive an hour like you know it's, it's yeah. sold out here it's you know i think in gimli it was gone in winnipeg it was sold out i mean it's mm-hmm. uh and it was just it was awesome again when we something we talked about early in the podcast was that excitement for canadian whiskey and for making folks around the world kind of say oh i need let me hold hold on a second let me it opened this, this, this door. It opened this wonderful, wonderful door to, to start those conversations. Um, and, and for me personally, that's why I got excited. I knew I was going into that event the next night. I knew um, a lot of the, the friends and the, and the folks I've met over the years were gonna be there, and I could not wait. And, and everybody was very quick to come up and say, congratulations, man, that is awesome. Congrats, congrats. Um, you guys really deserve it. It's a fantastic whiskey. Oh, I haven't tried it yet. Can I try it? Oh, let's talk about it. How do you blend it? What's in it? You know. And, and it was just lovely. It was absolutely lovely. And, uh, and then the fact that he's now named it Canadian Whiskey of the Year two years in a row since then, you know, he has a lot of love for that whiskey. And, uh, and you know, before I even was in the whiskey industry business, or in the business, I've always bought the Whiskey Bible, you know, as a whiskey lover. Yeah. Um, so this is, a, this is a, a publication that I've had for many, 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 many years. And, you know, of course, you always look at what, what is the World Whiskey of the Year? You know, is it something I'll even be able to try? But the fact that it was an accessible whiskey, that, that yeah. folks could try it and it was available. Um, and again, it, it, it put Crown Royal on the map and it put Crown Royal where it should be uh, in, in all of our eyes. So, Yeah, in, in that, in that uh, fandom, especially with Jim Murray, um, um, our previous kind of Canadian highlights would have been distilled, would have been uh, from Alberta, like the Mastersons, which was never sold through Canada. So as we know, all know here, it was sold through uh, the U.S., um, but it was Canadian whiskey um, in Alberta. So I think, you know, really, Crown Royal Northern Harvest Rye was a great ambassador for Canadian whiskey. It, it was made in Canada. It, uh, it is of a higher higher quality whiskey, but still a very affordable price point. And it really became that ambassador uh, mm-hmm. to whiskey. And, you, and we're seeing the changes now from from those uh, uh, from that time where, where whiskey's continually getting more rye heavy and kind of more youthful in that, that focus uh, of what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like what you just said. It really, it did become an ambassador for Canadian whiskey. Um, you know, going back to Davin, we've mentioned Davin a few times, you know, back uh, last or this past January at the Canadian Whiskey Awards in Victoria. You know, we had folks from, from all throughout Canada, distillers and blenders, and we were all in the same room together. And, and we all really talked about how, you know, we all have to, we all have to do a better job together um, as, as, as proponents for Canadian whiskey and working together to, to share these great whiskeys with the world. Yeah. Um, because, you know, Canadian whiskey, again, you know, it's oftentimes folks don't quite understand what Canadian whiskey is all about. Um, but we make, you know, at, at Crown Royal here, we always say we make, it, we make whiskey the Canadian way. Um, and we take a lot of pride in that. We talk about that a lot here with, with Crown Royal. And, and as an industry, we do make whiskey the Canadian way in Canada. That's what we do. And, you know, Canadian whiskeys are approachable and they're soft and they're creamy and there's so many different layers and personalities. And uh, as an industry, the more we do things together, the more we work together, uh, the more it just helps everybody. So Northern Harvest Rye really did open that up. And I'm, I'm going to quote you on that from now on, Mark. I'm going to <laughs> I'm gonna call it an ambassador for the brand. I, I never thought to say that. And uh, so you've given me a new nugget of information. I, I'm, Mark and I have some uh, commitments with the LCBO pop-up here in, uh, uh, in Toronto over the next couple of days. And I have a feeling that's going to roll out of my mouth a few times. <laughs> awesome. But I will be sure. I always give credit where credit is due. And so I'll be sure to give you official credit every nice. time I say that. Well, done. <laughs> Thank you. You'll make your way into the pop-up. Well, I'll mention the pop-up. I think we mentioned the podcast last night, actually. Yes, we, we, we were did, talking yeah. about the podcast last night to, yeah. to a few folks. Awesome. So we'll try to help you grow your numbers. <laughs> <laughs> not, that you need our, not that you need our help. We'll, we'll no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So uh, speaking of, uh, of that time as well, um, there was a lot of harsh, like, opinions both ways when Northern Harvest Rye. I mean, yeah. if you look at communities, if you look at whiskey critics, there was, uh, people loved it and people were like, uh, I don't know. And, and how do you deal with that kind of criticism where you do... Um, for me, I mean, for, I've always said, I've always written about when I written about this whiskey, it's a $35 whiskey. You like enjoy it for that price point and love it for that price point. Um, and, and don't treat it like, you know, it's, you've paid $300 for this whiskey. However, people did at that point immediately it became uh, that. So you had critics on both sides. So it was, it was, must've been interesting from that standpoint as well. I think, uh, Mark, you might be able to speak to this, although... 
Well, I mean, I mean from, from my perspective, from a blending yeah, standpoint, yeah. is is that um, I try to focus on the blending of, of our whiskeys, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, the awards are great recognition. They, they're, uh, as, as you said, for Crown Royal, but also for Canadian whiskey. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was the most important part was the, the recognition towards Canadian whiskey. But from a blending aspect, I just try and, you know, you try and, uh, I won't say ignore all these things, but you just try and kind of... Mm-hmm push past that because it, it can't change what you do right yeah. and, and so you need to maintain the uh the consistent quality that that's there but it's uh you just try to kind of uh you know not get too high not get too low with with as you said the uh you know the positive and the negatives that come with everything so yeah. was there uh, a what do you think there was a, a kind of a uh, an american kind of set precedence of what a rye is and and typically that meant a lot of oak and you oak aged and just a lot of kind of you know that, that those oaky flavors really were intended to come through much more stronger. Whereas Northern Harvest Rye was a was an oakier rye. Certainly, it was very it was more of a gentle rye. I guess I would call it. A, it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't that kind of like if you look at you know a lot of uh, a lot of popular American ryes are typically very high proof, young, high oaked. Um, so when American, yeah, and super expensive. I mean, yeah. again, with that that price point comparison, is is that do you think part of it was just that that uh, stereotype of a, oh a good rye has to be high proof a lot of oak uh viscosity to the ends like is that something that might have uh, affected those uh those reviews i i think and well this is this, this is the thing i talk about a lot so i i meet folks all the time who, who tell me oh i don't i'm not i'm not a rye whiskey drinker i don't like rye mm-hmm. and you know and, and i've gotten to the point where as soon as someone says that i can i can almost i know what the next few words are going to be and so usually I'll say, you know, do you do you find rise maybe to be a little aggressive? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe maybe they're a little too powerful for you. And I'm always very mindful of, of how I phrase things. And oftentimes you'll see folks start to nod. And so I got to the point, and, and I talked about this last night uh, when we were when we were working at the LCBO pop up. I said, you know, sometimes as some of these big rise that we see, which are fantastic, and there's some great rise in the U.S. and and I enjoy quite quite a few of them, but sometimes they, they not not that they slap you around because I don't want to say that, uh, but I did, and I guess I'll just stick with that now. Um, but 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 they're they're kind of aggressive, right? And I said, whereas a Northern Harvest Rye to me kind of just gently caresses your cheek. It's like, hi, I'm a rye. Come and come and come and come and enjoy me. And 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 that's because of a couple of different things. One, the rye grain that we use. One of my favorite things at the distillery is when is when our grain samples come in. You know, we talk about quality, and quality starts the moment we get the grain at the distillery. We, we, before we even unload a truck, we put that grain through a series of tests. Mm-hmm. And I love it when we get a truckload of rye, because when we get a really good truckload of rye, a truckload? A truckload. <laughs> I've had a sip of Blender Select. <laughs> no one's uh, judging. No one's please judging. enjoy Crown Royal responsibly. <laughs> we all are this morning. Uh, it's, 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 it's Tim Hortons hasn't sent me my chai tea yet. I don't know what's, what's taking the delay. Um, but when we get the rye in, when we get the truck in, if, if, if it's a really good rye, it's like uh, cinnamon and nutmeg and baking spices, and it's just a really gorgeous, gorgeous grain. And then when you take that grain and you produce this, this beautiful distillate, which again has those characteristics, and then you put it in that combination of either new oak or used oak, when you take that, you know, however many years, when it's ready, it's ready down the road, and then you put it in the capable hands of, of Mark and Joanna and the team, then you are able to create something quite magical. And that's why Northern Harvest Rye is so different than all of those other ryes, because we want to stay true to what Crown Royal is all about, what the Crown Royal style is all about but we want to focus on this beautiful rye whiskey uh, that we produce. And it's been a lot of fun because 99.9% of the time, because there's always that whatever percent, <laughs> um, most folks who tell me they don't like rye, as soon as they taste that, they, they kind of go, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that, this is a rye? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, so maybe I do like rye. And I'm like, well, I'm glad. You know, it's, and I always thank folks. I was like, well, thank you for taking a chance. And, and you're talking about the, the negative and the positives, right? Yeah. From day one, anytime I taste whiskey with folks, I always say, look, just because you're sitting across from me or standing across from me, you don't have to like every single thing I pour you. You know, we're all human beings. We like different things. We taste different things. We pick up different aromas and flavors. We all know this. If you don't like it, it's okay. You're not offending me. Uh, in fact, I will find something that you do like. <laughs> and the great thing about Crown Royal is I will find something that you will like. Um, and so it, it's, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when, when, when you're sharing a great whiskey, it's about good whiskey and good conversation and good people. And 
uh, the four of us could be sitting here enjoying different whiskeys, but we're still having good conversation and we're good people and we're having a bit of fun. So, um, but yeah, it, it, that was a very long answer to no. the question no. about, uh, <laughs> uh, about rye, but it is one of those things that I talk about a lot, you know, and, and it's nice to show that other side of rye whiskey. Um, so depending on your mood, you can have Northern Harvest Rye, which is light and gentle and has all these beautiful flavors, or we can go the other direction and we can get a big, bold, assertive rye. So it just depends on what you want. Mm -hmm. This Blender Select is not gentle, as you said. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a very punchy, punchy, flavorful whiskey. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about the conspiracy theorists online. Somebody started Wait, with, is that you? Yeah. That, no, not me. <laughs> uh, somebody says, you guys had on the original Northern Harvest Rye. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering. I have a quick question for you, Mark. Yeah, you I'm uh, sorry to start a conspiracy. I didn't realize... Uh, People read what I wrote. Um, so the um, uh, there's a there's a conspiracy theory. Um, it actually primarily started out of Reddit because I was reading a lot of Reddit reviews, and um, uh, I, I particularly, you know, like I said, the bottle of Northern Harvest Rye I had originally. I I just something wasn't jiving. It is the LCBO too. Like you don't know. Occasionally they do put bottles in windows, and you don't know how that bottle's been stored. There's always reasons why there's sure. the variation. Um, but I, I was reading other people's reviews, and I'm just like. I'm not getting any of these wonderful notes people are talking about, I'm just not. Um, so uh, on came, somebody pointed out to me, like there's these little tiny numbers on the top of that bottle that were kind of printed in, but you couldn't really see it unless you had the right light number. And so then, um, again, somebody started this rumor that there was different batch variations and, some, and, and you guys were uh, doing a bit of that. So can you guys tell me, was, were there, uh, what was those crazy little numbers that looked very bizarre, like batch numbering on the bottles? What, would all, what was all that about? Those numbers are, 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 are there for, uh, I guess, for the, for the plants to be able to kind of uh, go back and look. And, and it really just details the production in terms of the, uh, uh, the site that it was produced at, uh, the date, and uh, the time of day. Um, yeah. that, that's, that's what essentially that's there for. And it's fair uh, to say with new products you would do that to <clears throat> kind of control... Well, I think all the bottles that go through... Um, be bottled uh, at these sites have all our bottles have that attached to it not so. all of them we've looked <laughs> well you can see they're, they're very they're very they are very, very small they might be different so, locations so yeah. i know it's it's in and to, to kind of piggyback yeah. on what mark was saying is it's it's for it's an internal it's an internal quality check for us mm -hmm. because then we know the date we know the time we know that particular yeah. we want to call it a batch or a lot however we want to phrase it mm -hmm. uh it, it gives us insight mm -hmm. um so for any reason you know, there, there was an issue or there was a concern down the road, we could come back to that and, 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 and do a quality check. Exactly. Um, one of the things, you know, at the distillery we talk about is, is safety is number one. We, safety is, is, is paramount for us at, at, at the distillery in Gimli. Um, but I always say it's equal to quality because when I talk about it, I talk about quality being number one. Mm -hmm. And what fascinates me, and, and we have such an amazing quality team uh, in Gimli, but we talk about the grain coming into the distillery. So we're, we're testing that grain before it's even unloaded. So we're starting with good grain. When we start to produce our distillates, um, once we produce those distillates before they go to maturation, uh, we run quality checks. We have a standard, we're gonna run the new distillate uh, and we have a team that's gonna evaluate those. If something doesn't seem right, if something is questionable, they may send samples to, to Mark and, and the team in, in Montreal to say, hey, can you reevaluate this? So there's another check. Then we're looking at the right wood. Do we want to put it in new wood, used wood? How do we want to put it? We'll put that in the wood. We're going to let it rest. And I think around the two-year mark, right, is that generally when we'll, we'll That's pull for some. our lighter whiskeys, for the, the flavoring. Whiskey's a little, a little older, around a little three, bit, three, three years. Yeah. We'll start just pulling samples. And again, we have a standard. So we're saying, okay, well, if this is in this particular wood, it should fall within this range. Exactly. Is it growing? Is it maturing the way we want? So we're going to constantly do that. So then when we go to blend... You know, we know we've done quality check one, two, three, four, five. We have these great whiskeys. And then even as we start to blend, it's not like we say, well, this is what we need for Crown Royal Deluxe. Let's just grab all these barrels. No, we break that down. Mm -hmm. So we are going to create layers with that blend. And we're going to run each of those layers through a quality check. Um, and then once we put the blend together, we're going to run that through a quality check. And before we ship that to bottling, we put that through it. So exactly. it's this constant process. And the reason for that is, you know, again, Crown Royal needs to taste like Crown Royal. That's what we expect. That's what, that's what the, the art of a blended whiskey is all about. Um, but we're going to constantly do that all the way through the process. So we are very confident. And, and I say this not only as the North American brand ambassador, but just as a guy who loves great whiskey. When that whiskey goes in that bottle 
and that whiskey gets sent out to the folks that are going to enjoy it, we know that it's gone through the, the standards and the quality control and the quality checks that, that we've put in place to make sure that whoever opens that bottle enjoys the same experience. Something, uh, and I happened to read one of these conspiracy posts. <laughs> <laughs> But, but, but I did, I did, but I read a lot because I mean, I'm always, I'm always intrigued by folks' opinion and mm -hmm. I'm always trying to find ways. Like if there is something that, that a group of people are saying, I want to find out why, mm -hmm. you know, again, just as someone who loves whiskey, I want to know, well, is there something we can do? Can we do something different? Can we do something better? Did, you know, what was the reason? Did all of these come from a particular store? Um, and, you know, whiskey is one of those things I always say, you, you know, the, the work's been done. It's been in the barrel. It's been aged. It's, it's been blended. Um, you don't have to baby it. Uh, it's not like a, a delicate bottle of wine, but there are things that you do need to, to be mindful of. You know, you have to be mindful of how you store it and where you store it and, and, and things like that. And there are things that, that could affect flavor, I guess, uh, and maybe aroma. Um, once it leaves, once it leaves our, our, our possession and we, and we give it to the world, um, we hope that that doesn't happen, but it, it could. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing, too, is, and, and Mark and I were talking about this last night, uh, the environment that you're in sometimes. You know, when, if you're tasting a whiskey in a room with competing aromas and competing mm -hmm. flavors, the type of glassware you use. Um, people like to add water to whiskey. I've done experiments where I've taken, you know, 10 different brands of bottled water, and I've taken New York City tap water. And I'm going to give a little <laughs> shout-out to New York, and people are going to laugh who know me because... They'll just laugh. I can't say anything else. <laughs> but I've done experiments where, like, I've used New York City tap water in the whiskey, and I've used very high-end bottled water. And it's been fun to see the people who are like, well, I prefer the tap water. The tap water brings something different out than the bottle. So there's all those factors, right, yeah. that, that go into what we end up experiencing once the whiskey's been bottled and once we get to enjoy it. Um, and I think sometimes, not all the time, but I think that's sometimes where you'll start to see folks online or on blogs or on different articles saying, well, there's, there's, there's this variance. And then, and then we do, we start looking for reasons. We start, oh, there's a little code around the bottle. I mean, <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, no, but that, that's, that's exactly but that's, how I think. But that's, but, but that's human nature, right? I mean, it's human nature. We're, we're, we do the same thing. I, you know, we'll start looking for, oh, that's why that's, that must be the reason. Um, you know, and it's like, it, it bums me. It disappoints me when I hear that because I don't want anybody to open a bottle of Crown Royal. And, and, and have uh, what they don't consider to be a fantastic experience because Sorry. of the work that, that all of our teams put in to make sure that you get a fantastic experience. We want you to have that, you know? Um, this isn't a question. I get a little Crown excited. Crown. No, you? absolutely. So, and this isn't a question about Crown Roll specifically, but um, uh, some uh, blenders talk about bottle shock as well. Like if that, that whiskey gets poured in that bottle, like it, it may take two to three weeks. Usually it doesn't get to anybody within a month anyway, but it, it does sometimes create a different whiskey that the whiskey needs to settle. Is that something you guys believe in? Well, I, we talk about marrying time. Yeah, right? and yeah. This is what you're referring to. Yeah, yeah and we, we like to have uh, a chance for a whiskey to marry, to, to come together before, before it goes into bottle. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah and yeah. that that's important yeah no that's a wonderful answer i really appreciate you guys um, answering the conspiracy theorists <laughs> out there yeah, so um yeah that was weird because literally <laughs> for a little while the lcbo you'd go in and then people would like look for certain batch now you would see the crown royals just scattered everywhere as people were trying to grab very oh, particular right. batch numbers and i just felt guilty <laughs> anyway well, Mark, anytime, you know, I mean, honestly, uh, now that you've gotten to know Mark and I, especially anytime you, you have a question or, or anything, I mean, or if you see something online, let us know, you know, and we'll, well, and I did reach out at the time. I just, you know, I didn't get an answer. Yeah. Just, you know, it happens. But you got an answer today. I got an answer yeah, today. Great. So that's <laughs> wonderful. It was slow. It was slow coming, but it finally <laughs> came. So there you go. Um, no, it's very exciting. And so let's, so let's look into the future. Can you tell us about mm. what's coming out in the next year? Can we get a preview well, I think there's, uh, yeah, Mark and I are both smiling I know, at each other. I think we've got like, a conversation <laughs> with your eyebrows right now. We have, little, we have little signals. Yeah. That we, uh, <laughs> we sig signal each other. Um, we, we can, and, and I, I want to let Mark talk a little bit about, uh, about some of the experiments, but we definitely have, you know, as I said, we're, we're, always, we're always working on what I would call whiskey experiments because we're always thinking of, of what's next and what's possible. Um, we have an, an incredible scientist, Liz Rhodes, uh, who is just one of the smartest people I know uh, and one of the most passionate people I know. And she's our senior research scientist for distillation, fermentation, maturation. maturation yeah, and, yeah. And maybe not in that <laughs> order, but it's something in that. Um, but, but, you know, some of the work that she's been doing and, and the team that she works with, uh, it, it's, really, it's really cool because we're playing around with different grains. 
we're playing around. And I say playing because we are. We, we play. We have a little fun. And we say, oh, that yeah. works. Maybe this works. We're looking at... Um, you know, if we take, uh, I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to share any? Can we? Can we give a maybe a little maybe a little preview of some of the experiments? Maybe not. Sure. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And we can allude uh, to some other yeah. things. Perhaps. <laughs> well, we, we mentioned earlier the uh, the Noble series, right? Yeah. The, uh, the Noble collection, and mm-hmm. so the Noble collection is about um, different blends. We saw that with the Cornerstone blend, which was the first released. We we were looking at cast finishes, which was the second release in the, the cognac barrels, mm-hmm. and and then we're also looking at different grains. So as Stephen was mentioning, we're looking at different grains. So so that that we've started distilling in the last, I don't know, last two, two and a half years yeah. we started. So, so we'll hopefully see something in the next couple of years. Yes. But we're looking at um, wheat, for example. Um, we're looking at uh, uh, malts. Um, we're looking at, uh, I think we've done several different wheat uh, trials at this point. We've yeah. done uh, some malts. We've done some... Um, yeah, what's your opinion on wheat? Um, from uh, I know it's, it's early on your experiments, but um, how do you find uh, that works in the Canadian climate and barrel maturation, that well, kind of thing? Well, we, we're, we're still kind of new, new at it. Yeah. I, I mean, to be honest with you... Um, um, and so, by the way, wonderful phrase for a giant company to say, we're new at this. We don't know. We're still experimenting yeah. and well, playing around. That's, it's, that's it's, perfect. That's the right it's, answer, right? It's, that's an it's, it's exciting part of your job, Yeah, sure. exactly. Because, yeah. I mean, if you looked, we, we were talking... Uh, Last night, to to a lot of the, um, the 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 people who showed up at the pop up, we were talking talking about how we how we use our corn, rye, and, and barley malt. But we got some exciting things coming on with some different grains that, mm-hmm. that actually we haven't done for years. I can go back and look in our history books, and I can see, yeah, we did it in the fifties, the sixties, but we stopped sometime in the eighties or something like that. And mm-hmm. so so it was kind of like we're re re resetting the clock a little bit and going cool. back and and looking at those those different grains so it's uh but yeah wheat is a big one that uh, we're excited about um the malts that we have going are, are kind of nice and we've we've also used some of these on, on different uh, still setups so we've yeah. we've ran some of the malt through our our coffee still uh, just to kind of see the uniqueness that it might give us and, and that sort of thing the wheat as well so so yeah it's uh I don't know if there's something else you want to No, no, was, you, you just, it, what's been a lot of fun is, yeah, this past summer at Tales of the Cocktail, we, we, we hosted a seminar called the Manitoba Whiskey Experiments. And, you know, Liz was there and Tim Wenzel was there, one of our, one of our other scientists, and, uh, and Joanna Scandella, our other mm-hmm. master blender. And, and we, and Davin actually, we just need, we just need to keep giving shout outs to Davin. Uh, <laughs> Davin, Davin was our, our moderator, but we brought some of these, these whiskey experiments up. We, we brought some of, uh, some very early uh, maturates up and, and it was really cool to be able to share those with folks. And then just a couple of weeks ago at the distillery, we uh, had invited a few folks up to, to the distillery and we resampled some of those maturates and they now have, you know, four or five more months of age on them. And it's really, it's really cool to see just how they're developing. And, uh, and one of the things that, that I love is that, you know, we're, we are using different mm-hmm. different stills. So we were running some through our beer still, some through our coffee still. Mm-hmm. And the differences, same mash bill, two different stills, just the different flavors. So uh, it's going to be exciting as these develop to see, you know, where they go. Mm-hmm. Um, keep in mind, and I think the one thing to think about is Crown Royal is growing. Mm-hmm. We produce whiskey 24-7 in Gimli. And um, so when we run these experiments, we have to be very mindful and careful of when and how we do them because we can't take away from from what we need to produce to make sure there's plenty of Crown Royal for all of us to enjoy. So it's really a testament to uh, our, our team, our scientists, our research and development team, um, to, to Mark and, and the blending team, and to all of the, the men and women who work at our distillery. Everyone works together to, to make sure that we can do these. Yeah. Um, and they all get equally as excited about them, uh, especially the guys at the distillery. They, they love it when they'll, they'll ask, you know, Hey, so we, we ran this with wheat or we did barley, you know, how's that coming along? You know, is it, what do you think? Or is that, we're looking at four or five years, you know, and, and th- those are the conversations. These are the guys who make the whiskey day in and day out. You know, they're the guys in the warehouses when it's negative 25 degrees, grabbing the barrels and, and doing those pre blends and, and, and getting that whiskey ready for us to enjoy. And, and, and they, they are, again, they're junior ambassadors, not junior, they are ambassadors, ambassadors yeah. for the brand and, uh, they take so much pride. And, uh, and so it's lovely when you see them get excited. Oh, how's that coming along? And, and when can we, you know, when, when we're going to see that? When can we taste that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's some, there's some exciting, exciting things coming. Uh, well, that's, it's such yeah. a great thing because, well, for Canadian whiskey, you know, um, 
being able to experiment so freely with so many different kinds of, of ways of making whiskey and, mm -hmm. and different barrels and all sorts of stuff. So, um, so that's great. That's, that's, you know, it, it de definitely for Canadian whiskey, I know sometimes it works to our detriment. Um, people are like, oh, Canadian whiskey, who knows what that is. But actually the opportunity there I think is greater than, um, you know, than the sort of opinion of, well, is that really even, is rye actually rye sort of thing? <laughs> right, right, so, right, right. Uh, we're very lucky that we have that. What's what's the definition of Canadian whiskey, Mark? You're really you're really good on this. Canadian whiskey. Is, when, when you look at when you break it down, there's there's there, and the it's key one takeaways. Of, there, the key takeaways. Day. So uh, what's it uh, mashed and distilled and aged in Canada, in Canada from a cereal grain, right? right. Essentially, uh, aged a minimum three years. Um, and essentially, that's small wood has small to be aged wood, in small yeah, wood. Small wood, that's right. and, and that's and then really it, was, it. it must possess the characteristics, characteristics. aroma, yeah. and that's flavor. The that's the catch. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's the catch all right but, there. But that is that is we laugh. I, I remember when when I would. You know, early on uh, when I was working on the Diageo whiskey team and I would host Whiskies of the World seminars and we would say, well, we're going to talk about scotch whiskey and this is a scotch and this is a single one, this is a blend, this is a bourbon, this is a Tennessee whiskey. And then when I would get to Canada, I would just say, you know what, forget everything we just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Because we play it a little loose. <laughs> I, I uh, laugh because I do the same things at whiskey yeah, tastings. Right? I'm like, and we're in Canada. Yeah, so let's so <laughs> have some fun. But the cool thing about playing it a little loose, we could say, and having a little bit of fun is that it allows for us to have fun. Absolutely. Um, and I always, the reason I ask you this, I always love that line about must possess the character. We, we all know what it is. Yeah. But it's like, what does that mean? Yeah. You know what that means? That means we can have a lot of fun. Yeah. That means we can go in and we can experiment mm -hmm. and we can use different mash bills and we can use different types of wood and we can use barrels as many times as we want or as few times as we want mm -hmm. and when it comes to blending you know I always say a blend is the combination of art and science mm -hmm. we know distillation is science what Mark does is art and when you combine those two plus two equals five and you get uh, a whiskey that's greater than the sum of its parts and it allows for so many possibilities um, so I am very thankful yes. to the Canadian mm -hmm whiskey parameters if you want to call them that because it, it allows for that it is really what makes whiskey such a wonderful scalable product because it does come down to those individual barrels and, and the blending behind them and mm -hmm. building that character and like no other industry can really say that um, you, you can't make so much of something and still have that delicate process of blending barrels together I think it's right. a wonderful part of the whiskey world absolutely yeah, yeah. totally Oh. All right. Well, can we just give a shout out to Stephen's radio voice? I know. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, my God. I think, I think Stephen should co-host the podcast. I know. I'm, uh, oh. Yeah, I mean, really. That's, uh, I'm blushing. I'm blushing. <laughs> oh, I wanted to say one thing, and, and, and it's a bit of a somber note, but tomorrow is Remembrance Day. Mm -hmm. um, and, and certainly it's Veterans Day in the U.S., so thinking about all of those who have served and continue to serve, and then uh, here in Canada, all of those who, who made the ultimate sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Crown Royal has, has always had a, a long-standing tradition with our military, um, and it's something over the years that I, I've just met some incredible heroes, and I've heard some incredible stories of, of the heroes that we've lost, mm -hmm. and uh, just something that I, I was thinking about today. It was really lovely walking around today and seeing everyone uh, with the red flowers, mm -hmm. um, uh, because it is, a, it is time to think back and, and to remember that, yeah, um, and to mm -hmm. celebrate their lives mm -hmm. uh, uh, as well, and to think about, again, our veterans in the U.S. for Veterans Day as well, mm -hmm. so... Mm -hmm. yeah thank yeah. you no, yeah. no i appreciate yeah. you letting absolutely. Me say that absolutely well where can uh, where can we find you guys on the line are you guys uh, are you big? guys on the line instagram well, twitter so, snapchat handles were yeah. uh, well <laughs> mark mark is a huge snapchat yeah huge huge he has uh, <laughs> he has six followers um, <laughs> me too and uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm a, I, I have actually, I, I have been uh, advised, and I say that with love, because uh, those who have advised me will know that. I, I've been advised that I need to create a better Instagram presence. Oh. Um, so I am on Instagram. Sounds uh, like the corporate's after Steven. Right? No, and it's not, it's not, yeah, yeah. They're like, you know, it wouldn't hurt if you, uh, well, and it's just funny, because, and so in the last two weeks, I think I've, um, I went from, I think, having two or three posts on Instagram to, I now I have like 32, so wow. in just a, in a very short period period of time and I and I've gained quite a few followers oh. so it's very it's a very exciting time for Stephen Wilson right. really really it is um but no I'm uh you could follow me at Stephen Allen Wilson so uh, S-T-E-P-H-E-N Allen A-L-A-N Wilson 
W-I-L-S-O-N, like the sporting equipment. I like it. Which I have no Found ownership it. of. There you go. <laughs> no, now I have 190 followers. Look, right there. Pam, I know it's me. Right. Yes. <laughs> My numbers are growing. Uh, of course, you can always, you know, at Crown Royal, uh, crownroyal.com. Um, you can always put hashtag Crown Royal when you're when you're enjoying uh, a great Crown Royal whiskey. We do check those things. We constantly look mm-hmm. at those things. Um, I like I said, I may not have that big of a presence yet, but I'm certainly always curious to see what folks are doing. 190 so, uh, now. 190. Killing I, it. I, I bet know. after this podcast, oh, it's got man, numbers going to go, go up. 191. Can't wait. It's going to be 191. 191. <laughs> but Mark, do you have do you have? I got zero. No, I'm. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, he's busy. I'm absent got, from the. Uh, he's got to make the whiskey. He's got other. Yeah. Let, let me ask Chris in the back. Chris, is there any other any other social media we should we should promote on Facebook at Crown Royal Canada. Crown oh, that's right. At Crown Royal Canada. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Mark Barlock, yeah. where uh, can we find you? Uh, M-A-R-K-B-Y-L-O-K on Instagram and on Twitter. <laughs> and Mark, I'm com- Bourbon Thing. How many followers do you all have? Oh, jeez, thousands. Right. I, I say thousands, but it's less than five thousand still. We're working. Yeah, it's, we're it's, working. We're working. It's less than five. It's I'm gonna get there. I'm one ninety-one. Three thousand. There we go. Awesome. There very we cool, go. Very cool. Well, no, thank, thanks for letting us. Uh, you know, it just thank, thanks to both of you for spending some time with us this morning. Um, I know everybody's schedule is really busy, so we appreciate yeah. the time and we put this together very quickly. For, and it was yeah. wonderful, really wonderful. I'm, I'm glad to love to. I, I always say bringing people out of the curtains of Diageo and in in, uh, in front of an audience that loves whiskey as much as you guys clearly both do. I love love that opportunity. Yeah, it was such a pleasure. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thank you so much. Thank it was you. our pleasure. Thank you for having us. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.